0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampy, and my guest today is the host of the podcast, Listen Up, Boys and Girls, Miss Donna Gales. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me, sir. How are you?
0: I'm great. I it's, 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 always enjoy linking up with people that I listen to their podcasts and I'm a fan of, so it's really great to get you on my
1: Well, I appreciate the invitation, even though I invited you first. And well, we're not going to talk about that. But anyway,
0: no, no, we're going to talk about it. (laughs) What do you mean you invited me first?
1: Remember, you had a, a, a traveling engagement that conflicted with your schedule, so you couldn't do it. And then that ended up getting
0: canceled or whatever.
1: Oh um, yeah, yeah, uh
0: huh, uh huh. But anyway, like I said, we're not gonna. Talk. <laughs> no, <like> only <laughs> look. We had we had to clear that up because <laughs> we talked about it, and I'm like, okay, she keeps saying I canceled, and I know me, like, I, like I know how hard it is to get guests. So I'm like, if I said I would do it, I don't know what happened, but now I remember. You know how when you talk to somebody, you remember, okay, now right. because it was supposed to be me and Lynn, right? Right, right. And it
1: was just a matter of, of coordinating schedules, so I'm I'm just messing with you, okay. and and it'll still happen because you know I'm I don't plan to go anywhere, so you know this this year is just the start of it, so it's gonna be many more opportunities for you to to come on, so I'm not worried about it.
0: When did you start it? When did you start your podcast?
1: My podcast started June 1st, 2020.
0: Okay, how many episodes? Do you know how many episodes you got?
1: 48. Damn. Already? <laughs> because you know, I do I do two episodes a week. I do um the message moment on Mondays, and then I do Wisdom Wednesday, like today. Um, and then it's for every letter of the alphabet. So this, you know, this week we're on Z. So we're on, what on?
0: Z. Wait a minute. What happened to X and Y?
1: Oh yeah, it's X, it's not Z. <laughs> I'm like, hold on! I'm, I just listened to W. Wait a minute! You were so right. It is. It's. It's actually X. I'm sad, sir. <laughs>
0: I've been up since four o'clock, so pardon me. It is X. Because <laughs> you know what's funny? I was thinking. I was like, what letter is she going? What word is she going to use for X? You know
1: what? It's so funny. A lot of people ask me that, even from the beginning. And it was crazy because I knew from the beginning which word I was going to use for X uh, it, because I won a, a Scrabble championship on this word. So <laughs> I was like, I'm using xenogogs. And um, yeah, so that's that's what it is this this week. And it's just um, it's funny that everybody asked me, what you going to do for X? And I'm like, I already know. That's oh like-
0: <laughs> What's it called? What is it? Xenagogue.
1: It's a yeah. Greek word that yeah. guide, you know, or or um, like a tour guide or a leader through a foreign land. So that's what I talk about this week, because technically we all are in some sense um, a xenagogue to somebody to share with them how to get through what they might be going through that you've already gone through. So, yeah.
0: That's yeah, you, you have to be a Scrabble champion to know that word. <laughs> <'Cause>
1: I, <laughs> I love Scrabble. <travel. laughs> and yeah, so I, I did win a tournament on that. So I will never forget it.
0: And how many points <laughs> did you get? Because I know you know.
1: You know what? It was a triple word score. It was, I want to say it was 200 and some points. Damn. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was good.
0: You, you must have came into the competition with that word.
1: Listen, I was, I was waiting. <laughs> I, was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Somebody used it on me. That's the only reason I actually knew it. And I, I held on to it from that point. I'm like, oh, I'm keeping this. This is going to be a part of my repertoire. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a, sca- a Scrabble champ. And so I was.
0: Let's talk about your podcast. How, how did you get the idea to do that? The, um, going through each letter.
1: Actually, you know, I was divinely inspired to do this whole podcast thing because I said I was going to do it last year and then I got scared and I was like, I ain't going to do it. And then this year, you know, everything happened with the with the pandemic and, you know, just having lots of time to think and process. And I had done some fasting and really God was like, this is what I, I want you to do. And I'm like, Ugh. You know, I'm not tech savvy. It's going to be a disaster. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And literally, when I sat down to think about it, I started writing and he told me, I just want you to talk about what you know. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be, you know, anything but what I want you to be. Just talk about what you already know. There are some people who don't know what you know. And that's what I want you to do. And I just want you to keep it really basic. So I want you to take it back to the basics of things that just make people good people, things that you learned that you needed to be in order to be better. And so I went through the alphabet and really he gave me every, every attribute to talk about. And that's how it, that's how it came to be.
0: You mentioned you were, you mentioned you were scared. Why were you scared?
1: Because, you know, I I like to be good at whatever I set out to do. And like I said, I'm not tech savvy and I'm, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be an influencer or, you know, I want to get on all these platforms. And I was just like, nobody's going to (laughs) listen. Nobody's going to be tuned in. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to set out to do it and it's going to be a quote unquote failure. And I didn't want to be a failure. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because don't nobody, ain't nobody listening to me like that. But the point was not to even purpose to be any of those things, but just to be what I'm supposed to be. And it's been a blessing. I've gotten a lot of feedback that's been really great. I've heard from people that I don't know. I've heard from people who hit me up on the social media platforms and said, you know what, I really needed that message today. People I've never met, you know? And so that's been a blessing to me and I'm thankful. It just lets me know that I did what I was supposed to do.
0: So you went into it already knowing the 20, 26 words, words you were going to use?
1: When I sat down to think about it as again, he just started pouring into my mind, which, which attributes to you. So I started writing it down as they were coming to me. I sat down, I wrote down all the alphabets and then, you know, I prayed and then I started writing and I had all my, my words.
0: Which letter, which, which letter did you enjoy doing the most so far?
1: Um, oh god, that's a good question. I have fun with a lot of them, but um really am for mental wellness. Okay. Um because I had three of my girlfriends on that are all black women therapists. And it was my fave one of my favorite episodes or the favorite weeks because we t- I had three different episodes that week and uh, we talked about what people don't like to talk about, the stigma of mental illness and how we can have mental wellness and unfortunately most people don't want to talk about the things they need to talk about and in our communities oftentimes you know when you talk about therapy or you know having those kinds of experiences through whether that be counseling with a pastor or counseling with a you know licensed professional Whatever the case, a lot of people don't like to even talk about that. And they, you know, have the negative connotation that a person is crazy if they're going to a counselor or a therapist. And that's definitely not the case. And so we just talked about what we need to talk about being well. You know, so many people focus on hitting a gym and getting their body right and this, that and the other thing. But mental wellness is as important, if not more than physical wellness, because it all starts in your mind anyway.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things it's just it's just so hard to um to be in in my opinion I think it's just being vulnerable. I think that's the hardest part.
1: Yeah, a lot, and 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 it's true. Nobody wants to be hurt, and I think that's what keeps people from being vulnerable. And you know, people try to protect themselves, and oftentimes that protection is the detriment because when you start shutting down. When you start saying "I'm not going to let people in," "I'm not going to talk about this," "I'm not going to do that," all the "I'm nots" keeping keep you away from the "I will" and "I can," because you build your own barriers when you say "I'm not going to." You know, because on the other side of that experience is something that you've never experienced before when you shut down the opportunity. So,
0: Are you 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 going to school for um, to become a mental health therapist? Correct.
1: I am. I am back in school after 26 years
0: God, <laughs>
1: oh, pursuing this master's in social work because I do. I do want to be um, a counselor. And, and what's interesting is I've counseled people for years. I used to be a youth minister. I was a women's ministry leader. I've, I've done the work of a social work for almost all of my life. I've just never been credentialed. And so, you know, that's another part of this process. God said it's time for you to go back. You know, so you can have a different layer to your experiences. And so, yeah, that's where I am.
0: <laughs> what was your initial thoughts to, to that? Because, I mean, you say 20, it's been 26 years. I'm sure it wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to go back.
1: It sure wasn't. <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been years. It really has been years. People have been telling me, you need to go back to school. You need to go back to school. And I never liked school. I've always done well in school, but I just never liked it. And um, that's just true. You know, I had, I actually got a scholarship to go to school and I didn't because, um, to a particular college anyway, but um, I I just didn't like school. And when I did go, I wasn't interested in being there. And so I left. And so-
0: Um, Let me stop you for a minute. You got a scholarship, but didn't go? Yeah. Oh I know to, your to folks lost their mind.
1: To a particular university. At that point, it was it was a partial scholarship to Andrews uh university in Michigan, but okay. I didn't want to go. It was it, at that time it was a um was still a Christian college, but at that time, I was not interested in going to a Christian college. I wasn't interested in going to a Christian anything at that point.
0: <laughs> and so, so, so it's more because it was a Christian school. It was, it,
1: it was because it was school, period. Because I said when I was old enough to say I'm not going to school anymore, I'm not going. And I didn't for a while. But then I did, ultimately. But I, again, I just didn't like it. And so when the thought process start coming back up so many people were telling me you need to go back to school why won't you I had um encountered a, a lady who became a really 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 good friend um, and she I worked at GW hospital and she was a palliative care social worker and we just instantly clicked I mean just the from the moment I met her we clicked and uh she said my name is Lynn with one n And I said, "Okay, Lynn, with one in, you know, because she said it kind (laughs) of snarky. And I said, "Okay, Lynn, with one in. And from that point, we were just like really, really, really cool. But to make a long story short, she got very sick. And when my mom got very sick, she was there for me like, oh, my God, it would be times where I really couldn't sleep and I would just want to get out of the house two and three o'clock in the morning. She would be like, "Okay, if you're going to drive around, just come and get me. And she would drive around D.C. with me until I could just talk it all out and cry it all out and whatever. But um, she she got ill also. And unfortunately, she got very, very sick and uh, she ended up transitioning before my mom. But before that, we spent a lot of time together. And like I said, she was a palliative care social worker. And she said, Donna, you really I really, really want to see you use your gifts in the way that you should, you know, you're a dynamite person. You you do so many things for so many people. I really want to see you do more with your gifts. You should really go back to school. And I told her, "Uh, no, I'm still not going." <laughs> but but she inspired me in such a way and she blessed my life in such a way, and she passed away last year. And so um with that, I understood that her contribution to my life was very important and she actually went to school for the first time at age 47 to become a social worker. And I turned 47 this year and it just felt like what I needed to do. And the Holy Spirit said, it's time. And so I said, God, (laughs) I do not want to go back to school. And so, um, you know, with my, like I said, last year, there was a time of fasting and God told me that this year for me was vision and victory. And the victory for me is getting over a lot of my fears and going back to school has always been one of them because I didn't like the first time and I'm like I'm older now I definitely ain't gonna like it this time (laughs) but that was my fear but God you know told me fear not just do what I tell you to do and you'll be okay and so here I am back in school midterm um, all of my assignments all of my quizzes everything has been 90% or better and so I'm
0: thankful do you think you do you enjoy school now that you're going for more of a purpose
1: I do I really do I look forward to my my classes I look forward to my lessons I look forward to the contribution that I make to our collective conversation and i I know for me this was the path that that needed to happen I wasn't supposed to be in school at at the time that it was you know relevant for others i I you know I went and then I said no I'm not doing this. And so that that's what needed to happen at that time because I needed to experience the things that I did experience by not being at that place at that time. The things that I've gone through, the things that have made me who I am today are because I went the path that I went. And so I don't regret that. You know, at one point I did. I I used to regret that I I didn't have this experience and that experience and I didn't have the college friends and I didn't pledge and I didn't do all these other things. But those things weren't for me to do. And so as I continue to grow and search myself and heal myself, you know, with with God's grace, I recognize that everything happens as it should. And so I'm thankful for my process.
0: It sounds like you've found your purpose.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely am intended to be helpful for other people. You know, I my goal and my purpose is to encourage and inspire and to let people know that where you started is not really what's most important is how you finish. And that sounds so cliche, but it's true because we have all had beginnings that we may or may not have had lots of control over. But as we continue on our path and as we gather information and as we learn who we want to be and who we don't want to be, those choices that support that decision is what's most important. And so I've been through a lot of things. I've been a lot of things. I've done a lot of things. And so I'm able to speak to a lot of things. And I know that that's part of my purpose, to be able to speak transparently to people about things that they may or may not be going through, things they may have experienced where they think they're alone because people like you said that that vulnerable part people don't want to expose the parts of themselves that are sensitive that could be hurt because nobody wants to be hurt nobody i mean there's there's not a person in the world with you know mental wellness that says oh i just i want i want somebody to hurt my feelings i want somebody to destroy my heart i want somebody to take advantage of me nobody says that but it happens to us and it hurts
0: You definitely got a point. It's 2020, and we're all (laughs) going through this pandemic. How have you been handling it?
1: You know, (laughs) at one point, it was handling me, (laughs) and it it wasn't good. But, you know, um, everything in life is a balance of push and pull, and it really is determining how you want to come out of a situation. You know, as I was mentioning to you earlier— I am a baker, a former caterer, and an emotional eater. And that was not a good thing because again, my mom is still very sick and there's a lot of pressure with this pandemic and then there's work stuff. And then there's, you know, I am an, a, an extraordinarily extroverted person. I'm a hugger, I am a social person. And so, uh, yeah, eight months and none of that is is difficult.
0: But, uh,
1: <laughs> but, This time has been a time where we are forced to look inward, to do things that are necessary for ourselves that we haven't done. And so, like I said, part of the pandemic was handling me. But, you know, as I continue to pray through it and, and ask God's assistance with it, he's like, it's some stuff that you need to do for you that this time is affording you the opportunity to do because you have chosen when you had the opportunity to be so busy, you didn't pay attention to those things. I I need your attention to those things because without fixing them, without addressing them, you are not going to go any further than you've gone. And so I told you that this year was vision and victory. And in order for you to actually have that, there's some things you got to address and it, it ain't about nobody else. It's about you. And it's about me. So now it's, I'm handling it much better, but at one point, it was chaotic for me because I was scrambling. i I, I was not happy with what was going on and I allowed it to be a place of anxiety and frustration for me. but I allowed that. And once I recognized that I was allowing that, I had to make a different choice. Don't allow that. <laughs> and so, how long
0: how long did it take for you to come come to re- realize that?
1: um a couple really truthfully you know we we got shut down in march and so it was up and down for me until june until mm. you know things came together and god is like look this is what i want you to do and you know and part of what i tell people on my podcast is what he told me if you listen um you know i say if you listen boys and girls it just might change your world and that's true you know when i started listening more to him And not fighting everything and not disputing everything and not saying, I don't need this and I don't need to do that. And this is okay, And that, you know, when I listened actively without talking back and questioning, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was able to hear some things that I had never heard before. And that instruction was important.
0: Do you think, do you think, because, do you think had COVID not happened? Because you talk about, like, how are you extrovert? And I'm assuming, like, that means you go out and, like, in the mix. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I was never home. I was, like, always out, always about, always doing something with somebody, always hanging out and, you know. Yeah.
0: So if if COVID didn't happen, do you think you would have been able to actually take that time to sit down and really focus on yourself and where you had it?
1: I wouldn't have. I could have, but I wouldn't have. And yeah. that that was the point of the pandemic for me. It forced me to do some things that I should have done a long time ago that I chose not to do because sometimes we choose the easy path. I knew it was going to be hard to work on me. I knew it was going to be hard to come face to face with the things I was and wasn't. I knew that was going to be difficult. So I didn't do it. For not in the ways that I was supposed to do it, not in the ways that I should have done it, but I was forced to do it the way it needed to be done. So let me, rather, let me say that I was given an opportunity to do it. I wasn't forced because I still could have chosen not to, but because I had this opportunity presented in the way that it was, it made it very clear to me that this is what I needed to do. And so I did, because like I said, you know, in my, in my prayer and in my conversation with God, and he said, vision and victory is yours this year. If you don't get it this year, you won't get it. And that, that when you won't, you won't get it. That part wasn't so nice. The voice wasn't so soft and still, it was very stern and it was serious. And I knew that meant do what you're supposed to do. Because honestly, he, he gave me an opportunity to do something when I was 44 that I needed to do. And I did actually complete it. He told me to write this book and I wrote it. I completed it. I didn't edit it, didn't do anything with it because I was like, OK, I'm going to publish it, I'm going to publish it, I'm going to publish it. But I didn't. And so I needed to proof it. I needed to add to it. I needed to do some other things. And I just didn't do it. I was like, well, you told me to write it. I wrote it. You know, I, I wrote it in the time frame you told me to write it in. And that's that's good enough. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, that's really not good enough because I didn't ask you to write it for it to sit on your computer.
0: I was asked him. Huh? Was it hard? Is it hard to um? Because you know we we a lot of we hear the stories about people saying God told them to do something, but is it hard? Is it hard to follow His instructions?
1: There, there are different ways to answer that question, and so I will say. When you love them with everything you have, it's not hard. Okay. But when you are trying to split your affections, it's difficult, just like it is with anything else. When you're not wholeheartedly into it, when you haven't really fully committed, when you haven't really totally surrendered your your will and your opposition to something, then, yeah, it's difficult because you're you're dealing with you and the entity, you know? So God is just... God, you know, and he's like, listen, I want you to do some things and it's some things you know you need to do. And I'm I'm asking you, gently encouraging you to do it. And, yeah, you can choose not to, but it will be better for you if you did what I said. And he still gives us a choice not to do what he says. And I've chosen many times not to do what he said. <laughs> but he continues to bless me and continues to encourage me and continues to lift me and use me. And those things make me very humbled. And that's what makes me love him more. And I don't, I still don't love him as much as I should. And that's just being honest because I w- my life would be different if I did. But I'm 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 getting there. I am Wait a minute.
0: can we can we stop right there? Yeah. You said your life would be different. Yeah. If you if you you, you f- you're saying your life would be different if you loved him more? Absolutely. How so?
1: Because I wouldn't I wouldn't push against. Some of the things that he said, I mean, when you, when you really, really are dedicated or when you're committed, like I said, just thinking of a natural relationship, when you are truly in love with somebody, there is nothing that they couldn't ask you for. Nothing.
0: Yeah, it's true. You got me. <laughs> absolutely nothing.
1: I mean, and, and and what's sad about it? I have been absolutely in love with some people and absolutely did whatever they wanted. And God is like, really? <laughs> Really, you, for real? That that's how that's how we we doing this.
0: Yeah. You,
1: I mean, I made that person. So you you don't have that same kind of love for the person that made the person.
0: I think I mean, being human, you know, we humans. So when we show a human, you know, that human that kind of love in the moment, it's more about the reward we getting back. I think
1: that is that's true, and that's selfish because love is a decision as much as it is an emotion and a feeling, you know, and, and, and I don't, I don't try to make anybody believe what I believe. And I don't, you know, try to encourage people to um, just accept whatever I say. I share with people what my experience is, and I encourage them to have an experience for themselves. And for me, I know that it's possible. I mean, there have been times in my life where, where all that mattered is what God wanted me to do. And, and I did it. But then there, there have been times where it was things he wanted me to do and I couldn't care less. You know, and so it's all about relationship and as it is with people. You know, relationship governs how you act. And so I am continuing to develop my relationship with him. I'm continuing to grow it and it's changing and you know, it changes as I change. And so I'm, I am continuing to pursue love for him because he already loves me. He's already given all that he can give to me. He's already done for me things that no one else can. I am in my own evolution coming to the place of accepting that and reciprocating that in the ways that are necessary. I'm not there yet and I'm very honest about that. There are days that are better than others. Some days are very victorious. Other days I should have stayed in the bed. <laughs> so, you know, other days it's like, mm, I want you to just scratch that from the record guy because I don't know what happened today. You know, but but the bottom line is like you said, we are human and, and we go through, you know, changes and experiences and we, we grow if we choose to, you know. I, a part, a quote from the book is aging is inevitable, growing is not. People mm. choose not to grow, you know. And I've always said, I, My desire is to be wiser, not just older.
0: Yeah, you, we, we, we talked, you, you're originally from Michigan. How'd you end up in Virginia? <laughs>
1: Well, this is my second time in the DMV area. Originally, you know, I came here and then I went back home and then I came here again. I've been here for 12 years now. Okay. And so this last time, um, one of my sisters who was my very best friend, um, I I came here just, you know, I had (laughs) had some experiences in Michigan where I was just, you know, I was just at my wits end. And I said, you know, I, I need to do something different. And so there were some challenges and some changes with my situation there in Michigan. And I had a I had a nice chunk of money um, at the time. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna move. I'm 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 just gonna leave. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave Michigan. And yeah, so I came, I actually came to Maryland to hang out with my sister because that that year. My older sister, Patricia, was graduating from college. My niece was graduating from high school. My nephew was graduating from middle school. So I'm like, okay, I have all these graduations. I'm just going to go hang out. (laughs) You know, I got this money, you know. And so that's literally how I got here. I came here for the graduations and said, I wasn't going
0: back to Michigan.
1: Um, It was a little bit more complicated than that. but, But the gist of it is that, I came for graduations and I stayed, you know, and I'm still here. And yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, the fact you left, came back, and now you've been you've been there for twelve years. I'm assume that you like it there.
1: I do uh, most days. I have lived in <laughs> Maryland and Virginia. Virginia's a different animal. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so, but I do, I do like. Um, a lot of opportunities that are here. Yeah. Uh, I would say that the people are different. Um, Being a Midwestern girl, I feel that the people in the Midwest are much warmer than here. And I have encountered, (laughs) (laughs) it's been my experience that people here um, are far more materialistic than what I'm used to having grown up in the Midwest. Um, Values are a little bit different. And so, uh, but but for the most part, I do enjoy being in this area.
0: And you said this is your this your your sister your blood sister, correct? Yep. Okay. So she so she laid the foundation pretty much.
1: You know, it's interesting because I have a number of siblings that came this way. I, my sister Patricia came here first, probably thirty or so years ago, and then my sister Denise came here with my sister Patricia. And then my brother Joe moved this way. Um, then you know I came. So I have a couple of siblings that are in this area.
0: Damn. So it's nobody left in Michigan, is it? No, it's still some
1: people left. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had four brothers and four sisters. One of my brothers passed away in December.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, so, to, sorry to hear that.
1: Thank you. But yeah, so I still have four sisters and um and and three brothers. So all of my well, two of my brothers are in Michigan, and one of my brothers is in Bethesda.
0: Oh, Bethesda?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, okay. That's the nice part of town.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, he lives in Bethesda. Um, I live in, well, myself, my sister, Denise, and my sister, Quentin, we all live in Virginia. And then I have a sister in Alabama and uh, two brothers in Detroit.
0: I wanna I'm gonna go back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost done with with the letters. Have you thought mm-hmm. about what the next season is gonna look like?
1: Actually, I'll be done with all of the letters going into December. And so all of December is going to be about victory, um, and and things people have overcome through this year. And it's just gonna be about celebration and honoring people's um Victory coming through this year, because honestly, with the number of losses that we've had, it, it, it's victory to, to make it through this year, you know, to be honest. And so I am giving the platform in December to celebrate all of the victories, large or small, whatever a person feels is their victory for this year. That's what December is going to be about. And so next year, the platform is changing. I'm going to be doing some Zoom. Um Presentations, and um, we're going to do the sandbox Sundays. I attempted to do that this year, but then, you know, to be honest with you, God said, "I told you to do a thing a particular way. Do that, and I will instruct you further." And so, I, I, I abandoned the thought process of doing the sandbox Sundays um, because I was going to do it on IG, and that's not the the platform that I'm most familiar with, and. You know it was just a lot of things that I was like oh and I'll try this and oh and he's like that's not what I told you to do <laughs> don't just do what I told you to do, ma'am get back get back to what I told you to do you and I'll in the like, car
0: right <laughs> you know
1: he's like I, I will tell you what to do and so next year is going to be different but um it'll it'll show some growth and I'm excited about that I can't say too much about next year but I will say that December is for all of us who are interested in sharing and celebrating. um, It's an opportunity to do that.
0: So what was your biggest victory in 2020?
1: I have many. I I actually am publishing this book. That's the biggest one.
0: Okay. What's the book called?
1: It's called Life, Love, and Other Blessings.
0: It'll be available for sale this year or next year?
1: For, For this year, it's my Christmas gift to myself. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. I'm going to have to check it out.
1: Yep. It's called Life, Love, and Other Blessings. It'll be available on Amazon.
0: Is it like a um, biography? What is it?
1: Nope. It's actually a practical devotion. So much like the ABCs, um, I started, like I said, I started writing this book um, as a result of a very tumultuous time when I was 44. And, you know, God told me to write this book to help me get through that time and I wrote it. And I I was going to publish it, but then I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want to go through it. Again, the fear, oh, I don't want to put it out there. Nobody buys it. Nobody's going to read it and all these other things. But for years, not even just years, decades, people have been telling me, Donna, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. And so I've had really, really major supporters. One of my God sisters. uh, Her name is Venona. She has been a cheerleader for me for the longest time. Also Rashawn and Vernicia, They've been like, okay, come on, get this book out. Go ahead, do it, do it. And I I will share different parts of it. And it's like, you got to put this out. So anyway, um, I actually added to it. um, Obviously, I'm no longer 44. (laughs) <laughs> I am 47. So I added three chapters and that the, the three chapters that were added, I believe were necessary. So I'm not I'm not hard on myself now about me not having published it then because these last three chapters are important. It's the last three chapters are vision, victory, and um pandemic. And so is it I, three,
0: is it three? Did you add three chapters because it's three extra years in your life? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. And those those last three chapters are the pandemic vision and victory. Wow. And so it's it, it was all a reason. It was all a reason that um things happened that they the way that they did. And so the contribution to the book that those particular chapters or installments add I think are very relevant and will definitely help somebody. So I know that that's why It's coming out this year, not the year that I was 44.
0: So you just finished it then? Yep. During Uh, the pandemic. Congratulations. See, that's the the one that I can't say people... That's the one, if if we could say the good thing. that The one good thing about the pandemic, people have become a lot more creative, um, whether Mm -hmm. it be podcasts, writing books, just something that they didn't have time to do at first, but because... Because of the pandemic, they find themselves to have more time, so they're being more creative. So that's been one of the good things.
1: It's definitely produced a lot um, for people to see what they're actually made of. Because, you know, a lot of people don't recognize the fortitude that they have until they have to use it. You know, some people got through this experience and they really didn't think that they would be able to. Some people... You know, were able to reconnect with friends and family and loved ones in ways that that they would have not ever experienced without this process. You know, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and she said, "You know, prior to the pandemic, we kind of took people for granted." She said, "Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, it's some people I can't wait to hug again." And and before the pandemic. They may have, you know, reached out and I might have been too busy or you know, they might have wanted to hook up and I just didn't have time. And now I'm thinking about people like, man, I can't wait to see them.
0: Yeah. You Are know? you gonna hug people?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Damn the pandemic, huh?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna hug people. You know, I, I'm gonna be led the way that I that I need to be led. I think, you know, I told my friend, and and we've debated this on multiple occasions. I said, you know. In, in speaking of this pandemic one of three things are going to happen to me and it's nothing i could do about it i'm either going to be protected from it and not not be impacted i'm either going to get it and recover as a testimony or i'm going to get it and die those those are those are the only three things that can actually happen
0: damn that's a hell of a way to look at it but that's the truth.
1: I mean, <laughs> that, that's all. I mean, those are the only three things that can
0: happen. You're either
1: going to be protected from it, by whatever. I mean, however you're protected from it, whether it's however you believe yourself to be protected. I, I say, by the grace of God, you know, um, my protection will be what it is. And if he decides that I should get impacted by it, he's either going to allow me to recover as a testimony to his goodness, or I'm going to die from it because it's my time. And so my friend is like, Donna, that is ridiculous. <laughs> you cannot think like that. I said, well, how else should I think about it?
0: You know <laughs> what, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop because I, I I hear you, but I'm kind of with your friend. I, 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 a lot. Of I don't people- <laughs> want to think about it. It's the dying part for me. Cause you just say it so casually. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I could die. But. I mean, but, but,
1: but, James, every day we could die. That's
0: every true. Every
1: day. But that's my thing. People don't think about that. People are so lackadaisical about the thought process that we have forever. We don't. Anything can happen to anybody at any time. That's true. And we don't think like that. And maybe it's because I've been in hospice services for 12 years and I've dealt with death and dying every day for the last 12 years that I have a different perspective. And I I have to say that working in hospice has absolutely changed my life entirely. I think totally different than I used to because I recognize that every day, truly, we, we say it casually and we say it in a cliche way, but every day is a blessing. Every single day,
0: but let me let me let me say this though, because you said hospice. Now, most of the people are older, correct?
1: No, we have pediatric hospice cases. We have oh, babies okay. that that okay. you know, um, prior to their birth, their their parents know that they're only going to live a couple days.
0: Oh, okay. You know,
1: we have a, hospice is a philosophy of caring for a person that has a life-limiting or terminal illness. And that happens at any age.
0: Oh, okay, okay. And I'm glad you explained that to me because just just from what I've seen, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that, again, I'm glad you explained it because I've only heard of it from older people. Mm-hmm. Never really anybody younger. Like, it's always been upper 60s, 70s, in a.
1: Ideally, we do embrace death at an older age. We say a person has lived a long life and we accept death better when it's a, a person who's lived a, a long life. However, death can happen at any age. It can. And, and it does. And so, you know, um, I remember my one of my first experiences with death. I was in elementary school. One of my classmates hung himself In elementary school.
0: Wow.
1: I will never forget that. But, you know, I I often have the opportunity to talk to people, and that's a part of my job. I'm a relationship manager in business development. um, And I educate people about hospice services. And more often than not, people don't know what it is. They're not educated about it. And they have an aversion to it based on what they think they know and you know most people hear hospice is like oh no we're not doing that you know my mama you ain't about to drug my mama up and 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 then make her die and it's like no ma'am we won't that's that's not what hospice does it's about what you know and and that's that's not just specific to hospice it's specific to life when people think they know what they should know they don't seek new information People believe they know what hospice is. Oh, I know what that is. They kill people at the time that they're about to die or, you know, you get on hospice and then you die within a couple of days. That's really not what it is. But your experience with it has changed the way you think about something and it makes you have a negative or positive connotation to the thought process. Most people know of hospice because they had a loved one or someone that they knew get on hospice, and die shortly thereafter. So the mindset that's perpetuated through that process is you get on hospice and then you die. But that's not what happens. It's actually a person needs hospice probably a lot longer than they actually got connected to it. And so they miss the opportunity to have it the way that it's supposed to be. And they get it at the very, 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 very last minute. And while... It's not supposed to be a last minute Hail Mary kind of thing. A lot of people use it that way. And that's what we try to change. So people know it's a lot of help that you can be getting that doesn't cost you anything that you should have access to, but because you think you know something, you say no when you should say yes.
0: Well, I'll say this, and this is my opinion. I -hmm. can't prove this. But I think a lot of it, too, is because like when you when you you it, you, you kind of alluded to it, but it's just like when you hit hospice, you just automatically think like it makes you think about that person leaving. Of course. Like yeah. even, even even in, the you know, even in the hospital, it's like, OK, you know, you pray, you pray and you pray and God brings through. But it's like when they go to hospice for some reason, it's like all faith is lost. And you just, it's like, you just have to accept that that person leaving. And I think that's the hardest part, just
1: just knowing
0: that they're going to be leaving.
1: I don't disagree with that. And a lot of my outreach and advocacy is with the faith community because a lot of people think that if you elect hospice, then you're choosing to give up. And that's not true again, it, it, it goes to, to speak to mindset. You have to, just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest things for people to accept that what they think is right isn't. And oftentimes we're wrong, you know, and that's one thing that people don't like to embrace. Sometimes you're just wrong. Hospice does <laughs> not mean that a person is going to die Tomorrow. What it means is a person needs extra help at that time. We've had people on hospice for years. I'm talking about like two, three, four years when hospice is really intended to provide at least six months of care. But we've had people graduate from hospice, meaning they get discharged because they stabilized and don't need it anymore. Wow. But people don't know that. But I didn't know that. (laughs) A lot of people don't know that because, like you said, what they think. When they hear, <laughs> those are two. I mean, what's true and what you think are oftentimes two different things. But if you don't do the due diligence of finding out if what you think is true, then you are doing yourself a disservice because you don't have the right information. And information changes situations. If you have the wrong information, that's like if you're going, on, if you're flying out somewhere, and you you get your ticket, you get your boarding pass, you you you're good you you know when you're leaving. but let's say you get your boarding pass but you invert the numbers on on the time or you look at it wrong. that boarding pass is correct. your understanding might be wrong and when your understanding is wrong it doesn't change what the facts are. So if you don't actually get on your plane because you read your boarding pass wrong, that's on you.
0: Yeah
1: it's not the airport, it's not the airline, it's not the gate. It's your misunderstanding the information that was available to you. Yeah. So if you choose to misunderstand, that's a choice. Yeah. And most people choose to misunderstand. <laughs> They're like, okay, I'm good. I got it. I know what that means. I, I don't need no help. I don't need. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And you can't force a person to want to know more than they do.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, people don't care about what they don't care about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough job. I commend you.
1: But you know what? To be honest with you, I love this work. I really do. I love it. And if someone would have told me 15 years ago that this is what I would be doing, I would have told them no, because, you know, I was, I I worked for AT&T for almost 10 years and I've done sales almost all of my life and I'm very good at it, but God orchestrates the universe to bless you. And he, align the situations and circumstances in my life to bring me to this area, to bring me to this work. And I think more than anything that me being a part of this work for 12 years is because it was preparation for me, for me and my family, for my mother, who, who is currently under hospice services. And, you know, my mother is dealing with, with two terminal illnesses and, you know, We have to know and understand that no one lives forever. And like you said, more often than not, we don't want to face that. Nobody does. It is not a pleasant thought to lose a loved one under any circumstance. But the fact of the matter is, we will. We do. We have. It's a part of life, and it's nothing we can do to stop it. And a person is going to transition from this life to the next with or without hospice, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, you got a point.
1: And so, you know, when hospice is available, I encourage people to take advantage of it because it helps that person be more comfortable. It helps that person go through a difficult time in a better way. It helps them. And if you're concerned about a person and if you care about a person, you Want their quality of life to be the best that it can, and so you know I say that to say for anybody and and again, I believe all things happen as they should, and um you know, it may be someone listening who who has gotten a difficult diagnosis, it may be someone whose family member is being you know told that they should consider hospice, and maybe they feel very discouraged by that information if you don't No, then you don't know. And if if I can't leave anything else with a person in that situation, my recommendation is to get all of the information that you can. Talk to someone from the hospice agency. Understand what the disease process is and how hospice helps. Because, again, it's a benefit that's covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private insurance. So it's really no out-of-pocket cost. People think it costs all this money to have, you know, the nurse come out and get all the equipment and all the medications. It doesn't cost anything. And so, you know, there are people who are struggling, trying to pay for medications, trying to make sure they get what their loved one needs, really, really struggling when they could be getting a lot of help and alleviating a lot of pressure just by saying yes to something they've said no to.
0: Man, I'm glad we had this conversation. Right now, fortunately, I'm not in that situation, but you know, it, and there may be a time when I have to go back to this conversation, so I appreciate you putting that information out there.
1: I appreciate having the opportunity because I really believe that, you know, um it's hard for people and I know that to be true. I've I've dealt with hundreds, even thousands of families. That couldn't have made it through their situation without hospice services, and so that's why I'm very thankful and I'm very rewarded by the work that I do because I know I make a difference in people's lives I, I, It's no question about that, so I'm very fulfilled in the work that I do because God is using me and my purpose to help people at the time that they need it and i'm I'm extraordinarily grateful for that
0: i'm a I'm gonna end it with this because i I wanna um get your opinion. What excite you know 2020 is rapidly ending. <clears throat> Excuse me. What excites you most moving? What excites you most moving forward with for 2021?
1: What excites me most is that I will see what God has always wanted to do with me. I will finally see it manifest, what he's always wanted for me.
0: Wow. Amen.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm excited about.
0: well listen i want to thank you for doing this um you know i know you got a lot on your plate with school and caring for your mom and just everyday life so i really thank you for taking the time to do this
1: no, I appreciate it. I, I really do. And I'm thankful that you listen because you don't have to. I mean, we we met the way we met and you have been a listener and a supporter and you. I, I appreciate that because, you know, it didn't have to be that way. So I'm thankful that you have contributed to me accepting this vision and victory and being um, thankful that that I listened. And so I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Well, and like I, I you wish said, you well.
0: Like you said, God aligns, aligns you with people that he feel you need to be with. So
1: it's true. It's true. And so I, I'm wishing you well with your continued, uh, efforts with your podcast. I hope to see exponential growth, uh, for you and, and all that you desire to do, um, throughout the end of this year and, and beyond. So thank you thank again you. for the opportunity.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you. And you as well. And I'm looking forward to, uh, getting on it on the podcast (laughs) i'm
1: telling you listen you just tell me when you want to do it and it's done
0: okay we'll we'll make sure we make it happen
1: we will do that
0: oh before you leave make sure you tell the people how they can follow you and also listen to the podcast
1: all right and the name of the podcast is listen boys and girls i am on breaker and um god there's so many (laughs) spotify apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, radio, something. <laughs> so many platforms, I'm sorry. And it's almost 11 o'clock. So, But um, definitely Spotify, um, Anchor. I have a Facebook page, Listen Boys and Girls. I have an Instagram page, Listen Boys and Girls. And I am Donna Gales. And so, you know, just look for me. I'm there. And if you would like, you can reach out to me um, through instant message, DM, whatever the case. However however, is best for you. And I'm also available at listenboysandgirls at gmail.com. All
0: right. Well, again, thank you. And I wish you all the best. And I can't wait to get the book when it comes out.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. It really means a lot to me. You all have a great day. Bye,
1: everybody.